This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And it is John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors Wrap-Up presented by... By Realtor.com, the home of Home Search Warriors. Get it done tonight in Charlotte, the first of their four-game roadie. 121-110, the final. And, Covey, this is a game where anytime Stephen Curry goes to his hometown of Charlotte, you always wonder what kind of game he's going to put up. And he, he got off to a pretty poor start before you know, winding up making a couple of big hoops down the stretch, but not his best game of the year, finishing with 16 points and 5 of 18, did knock down four three-pointers, but uh, it was DeMarcus Cousins carrying the load tonight along with Clay Thompson and and what I think will go down as DeMarcus Cousins' best game with the Warriors uh, during his early tenure playing going back to January the 18th. Yeah, and good evening, J.D. Pleasure to be here with you, and and I would agree with that. I I think we did notice, though, for him to have that type of impact on the offensive side of the floor because he's still getting up to speed. And there's getting up to speed, J.D., and then there's getting up to warrior speed, and that's something totally different. And Cousins has never played at a pace like that, didn't do it with the Pelicans, sure as heck didn't do it with the Kings. So getting up to that speed, a little bit of a sacrifice on the defensive end, thus Cody Zeller is just making hay in the paint all night. He had a career-high 28 points. But, yeah, for, for DeMarcus, a, a lot of positives tonight, crossing guys over, getting to the cup, and just feeling much more confident offensively. And we, you and I were talking about this off the air, and I think it's so important. The notion that they need to get DeMarcus going, I think that's essentially a fool's errand because a player of, of Cousins' ilk – He'll get going anyway. Just let it come naturally. If you try and force it, that's when things get out of rhythm. And tonight, I think uh, we both agree, J.D., they let it come a lot more naturally, and, and the offense was flowing. I mean, 35 dimes to me, that's the most important stat. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in this program. Again, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you. Warriors get it done tonight, 121-110, uh, as they bounce back after the loss at Oracle on Saturday night. And, yeah, that was the, the big takeaway for me coming out of that game uh, on Warriors wrap-up with Steiny out at Oracle on Saturday is, look, enough is enough with trying to force-feed DeMarcus Cousins the basketball. <laughs> right. Enough is enough with trying to you know, cram it down to him in the post and let him go to work where the defense can more easily surround him. I mean, to me, it's a matter of just play basketball. DeMarcus Cousins is so talented, uh, especially on the offensive end, to where it, you he could play him at the high post, which I think the Warriors have done a little bit more, but just, just move the ball and play your normal game. Don't run any plays for him. Don't even think about trying to get him the ball in a certain spot necessarily. Right. Just move the ball, and whoever's going to get the shot is going to get the shot. Treat him as if he's Clay Thompson. Treat him as if he's Kevin Durant when you're in a non-late game ISO situation. Sure. 
the ball will find him, and, and tonight I thought the ball did find him, and, and he found his way, you know, to to having a really nice game offensively, nine of fifteen, the twenty four points, he knocked down a three. Yeah, Zeller was running him a little bit early, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I thought really from that start of the second quarter unit where he's out there with Draymond Green and Iguodala, Livingston and Clay Thompson, I think from the start of the second quarter, this was as good as we've seen. DeMarcus Cousins with the Golden State Warriors in the just over a, a month that he's been active. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was a nice team win tonight. You see all five starters in double figures. I think that's just the third time all year that that has happened. And this is the recipe. And let's face it, coming off of a bad loss over the weekend, now you're getting out on the road. And this is just a straight-up business trip. And they needed a little something to feel good about because, let's face it, you go back before the break, the game against the Blazers, they didn't play great. I mean, it was a competitive game for the first three quarters, but they kind of got away from them. We're lucky to get the win against the Sacramento Kings, and then you lose at home over the weekend to a team without James Harden. So uh, good to get back in the win column. The Charlotte Hornets aren't a threat in the East. We understand that they're a sub-500 team, but uh, it's just about the Warriors doing the things that they do best, sharing the basketball, getting multiple guys involved. And I thought there were a lot of standout performances tonight, but I, I do think you nailed it, J.D. This is going to go down as the game where, and hopefully we'll look back at this as the game where things started to turn for Cousins, another double-double for him. Uh, 11 rebounds. He's just so big, JD, and he's such an imposing force out there. He's just, he's a massive humanity, and that just makes life easier in the paint for Draymond, uh, who, who I thought had a terrific game tonight as well, just a couple of uh, boards shy of a triple double, but all, all around, just a, a quality team win for all five starters and double figures. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of games where you look at with the Warriors, and they're 60 games into this thing now, 22 to go at, at 43 and 17 overall. There's just a lot of games when you're a team as talented as the Warriors that you just have to get through. You just have to get through and sure. figure out ways to win them and <laughs> yeah. move on to the next one. Yep. And it doesn't really matter if it looks pretty for 48 minutes. And I, I thought the Warriors looked real comfortable early in the game in knowing that they could play enough defense when they needed to, but that they were going to be able to have more than enough offense to where this Charlotte team wasn't necessarily going to be able to keep up over the course of, of 48 minutes. And I think, you know, tonight was a night where they got in that they got in that mode and they were able to just carry it, you know, all the way to the end. But what happens is when you get into that mode, sometimes those 15-point leads can get down to three, or those 15-point leads can get down to eight or six, and it almost has you thinking that you got to go out and you know push it back up. I mean, you're not going to win every game by 20 and lead by 20 for the entire night. Sure, and I think what Warriors fans have noticed this year, and I think it's caught our attention, is in the past, maybe this is the kind of game the Warriors just would have gone up by 20 in the first half and and really never looked back, but it's just been different this year. Teams creep back into games. Hornets made a couple of runs in this one, and, and credit to them for doing that, but uh, this is the old, they don't ask how, they just ask how many, and this is a game. Just bank the victory, get some positive flowing for a guy like Cousins who's still looking to, to build on that foundation. This is a nice step for him. Uh, Draymond Green, who we've seen being a bit of an offensive funk really for quite a a lot of this season, uh, six of eight tonight for him. Obviously, there's no concern with the Steph Curry off shooting night uh, again. Just an off shooting night for for Steph, but not a no no grandiose takeaway other than that. The the thing that I love, JD, and and really, I, I went back during the game and, and looked this up. And under Steve Kerr, this team, two things that they do so well: they destroy the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, it's it, 118 and 24 under Steve Kerr. That is an 830 winning percentage against the Eastern Conference. 118 and 24. And then the other thing they do that makes them champions, 
is they went on the road. 20 and 9 now, tied for the Bucks with the best road record in the NBA. How about this, JD? Under Steve Kerr now, 142 and 51. That's a 730 winning percentage on the road. And, and they frankly, they just play more buttoned up on the road. They At do. least they have this season. I know every season is different, but at home, they there constantly is that battle between them almost trying to put on a show uh, for the Oracle crowd, uh, you know, or trying to, to make a point, to make sure. a statement, to not just win a game and play a, a great game, but to, to, to put a thumping on somebody and yeah. embarrass them and have, you know, Curry Shimian and Draymond mm-hmm. snarling and Clay Thompson, you know, shrugging his shoulders, not knowing what, you know, what, what did I just do? I hit 10 threes. Like yeah. it just, it almost seems like the Warriors go into the home games thinking they got to do something special because there's just so much angst and energy in, in the building on a lot of those nights on the road. They just get out and and move the ball and and, and play for the most part uh, more consistent basketball. We mentioned Stephen Curry the the 16 points tonight uh, in Charlotte. That is the fewest points that he's had uh, in a return to Charlotte uh, in his career. Uh, as you look at some of the games uh, that Curry's had in his career at Charlotte, there's a 43, a 40, uh, a 27, a 25. Uh, a 26 in there. So Curry's had a lot of real good games uh, in Charlotte. Uh, he didn't play in Charlotte a year ago as he got hurt yeah. the game prior. Uh, but, yeah, the story of the night, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, who is the first Warriors player to have four conse- consecutive double-doubles since uh, March of 2017. And he also a season-high 31 minutes yeah, uh, with, with the 20 and, and 10. And I know DeMarcus has got to be happy with – the fact that he he played over 30 minutes. Yeah, and uh, these are just more steps for DeMarcus and, and more proof that he's getting more comfortable. I think uh, after the weekend game, after the Saturday night game, the questions were being asked, the way he was getting abused in the pick and roll, is, is he better suited maybe coming off the bench? That's not going to happen. Steve Kerr is going to live with some of the bumps in the road, getting this guy up to speed. You didn't get DeMarcus Cousins to have him come off the bench. If he's healthy, he's going to start. But I also think, J.D., uh, some matchups are going to be better for Boogie than others, especially considering where his health is at right now. The thing that really stood out to me was the way tonight that the Dubs as a unit defended out on the perimeter because I, I, they were guilty of maybe some bad fouling, especially in the first half. Uh, the, the Hornets had a huge discrepancy in free throw attempts, which kind of kept them in the game. But what helped the Warriors get that separation, they held the Hornets to 7-33 to from three-point range. And a lot of those shots were of the contested variety. Uh, Looney had to switch out a couple of times on uh, on perimeter players. Draymond, I remember 1-3 in particular, he got out and contested and forced a miss. So uh, the, those type of things, they, they don't even necessarily show up in the box score, but those are the difference between uh, a team like Charlotte getting back in the game and ultimately not. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1, KGMZ San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Let's get out to the phones, and you can join in the conversation at 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. And we hear from the fans. It's brought to you by Nations Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. And let's start with Michelle. Michelle in Concord. Michelle, you are on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Michelle. Nope. Michelle, you there? Did we lose Michelle? No, we lost Michelle. That's all right. Yeah, Michelle, give us a call Call back. Call back, Michelle. Michelle in Concord, good caller. Absolutely. Very good caller. Uh, What do you think of the Warriors' 
the the home I call it the home road discrepancy. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not sure home road discrepancy is necessarily fair when you look at the fact that the Warriors are still 23 and eight at home. They sure. do have a better home record, at least fewer fewer losses, and they played a few more games. Uh, but you look at the Warriors, what with their 20th road win tonight, uh, 20 and nine on the season, uh, they just they play a more buttoned up game clearly away from the Oracle hardwood. Do you, any theories as to why? Well, I, I think you hit on something really key there and it is maybe the, uh, the, I won't call it the need, but the desire to entertain the hometown fans. <laughs> I, I think there's definitely something to that when you're home, it's just different. You're coming from the house. You got, you know, the, the wife, the kids and yeah, the, the, the warriors, a lot of this is a testament to how much they love their fans and how much they appreciate it. And, and they want to put on a show. And when you've achieved yeah, their, their hearts in the right place, yeah, right? That, yeah, exactly. And they've achieved a hundred percent. And when you've accomplished what they have the last four and a half years under Steve Kerr, Regular season games at home against even a team like the Houston Rockets, they don't really resonate that much with the players. And, and you, you can debate, you know, the, the right or wrong of that, but that's just the reality of it. And to me, I don't even hold that against them, but it's just different on the road. The road, it's a business trip. You're traveling as a team, kind of rolling there on the bus as a unit. And there's the Warriors, like all championship teams, they get a sick satisfaction of going into somebody else's house and shutting them down, keeping that crowd quiet, hearing their fans, which we know how well Dub Nation travels. They just they get a sick satisfaction out of that. And uh, that's something that they've been under Steve Kerr. I mentioned the home record, or the, the road record's been incredible. I also think part of it, JD, uh, let's face it, uh, under Steve Kerr, the home record's been pretty damn good as well. But we've seen the last couple of years, maybe Oracle doesn't quite have that same mystique about it that it once did, where a couple of years back, teams wouldn't even fathom being able to come in here and have success. I mean, it's, you know, you talk about the proverbial schedule loss. Now I do think that teams, the, the word is out that the Warriors can get out of sorts a little bit at home. And I, I think that uh, you see coaches going for it a little more and uh, and you see teams maybe believing a little more that uh, that they can have some success. But there's a difference between, to me, the Rockets winning at Oracle in February or the Lakers winning on Christmas Day and and winning there in like May and June. That's something totally different. 888-957-9570. Warriors with all five starters in double figures. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned that. It is the third time this season, the last time the Warriors did it was the game on Thursday against Sacramento that they won coming out of the All-Star break. They also did it uh, in Phoenix on February 8th. Uh, and the Warriors, uh, again, winning with DeMarcus Cousins in the full. But this is the, the best game that DeMarcus Cousins has had, and it really came at the right time yeah. for DeMarcus Cousins because he was he was visibly frustrated by you know being put through the pick-and-roll ringer by the Houston Rockets the other night and not being able to finish at the rim. And just, just you almost felt for him in a way because he's missing wide-open layups now down low. It's in his head. You could tell it's starting to get in his head a little bit. Big time. And I thought he came out and, and, and really his demeanor after the game because I'm, I'm kind of waiting you know, as a guy that's followed DeMarcus Cousins' career for him to maybe snap a little bit, mm -hmm. even if it's just pure frustration at his own play. Uh, and he did pick up another technical foul tonight, which... That's a terrible tee, though. You know, throwing that shoe away. Who which... throws a shoe? Honestly! No, that, <laughs> that was a crap technical. And, and you're right, J.D. That's what I, I think Dub Nation, by and large, has wondered. At some point, will DeMarcus Cousins be frustrated and, and it kind of boil over in a press conference setting or in a public setting with the press around? Uh, so far, he's been able to keep it buttoned up. And actually, I, I picked up on that as well. You could sense the frustration, but he did it. He expressed it in a very calm and, and 
you know, kind of mature way. So I think, hey, we'll give him some credit for that, and we'll call it some progress. Let's try Michelle again in Concord on the phone lines here at 888 Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com with J.D. and Covey. Michelle, uh, thanks for joining the program. You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Michelle. Thank you so much for taking your taking my call. I I just want to say that the the Warriors should just play their game at Oracle. You know, I took my son to the Oklahoma City Blue and the Santa Cruz Warriors yesterday because I don't have a lot of money, and I know when they go to Chase, I can't pay just a hundred dollars to get into the and look around the bar. <laughs> um, I just want them to play their game. And bring us another championship, and I'll be happy watching them on the TV. I love the Warriors, and thank you very much. All right, Michelle, appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good time out there yesterday, from what I understand, with the Santa Cruz Warriors and the Oklahoma City Blue. I think the third straight year now that the Santa Cruz Warriors have played a game at Oracle. Yeah, and I heard you, uh, I was riding around listening to you yesterday, I heard you giving away some tickets, J.D., yeah, hooking some folks up. Yeah, yeah. Warriors this week. We oh, yeah, get... that was Saturday. God, where does the time go? Yeah, no, nicely done, man. And I, I'll tell you what, I, I had a caller uh, yesterday morning, and it, it was he it was almost like a PSA for Dub Nation, and I, I thought it was so appropriate that we just reminded everybody, and, and I know Dub's fans know this, but we're coming down near the end of the home stretch here at Oracle. There's only a handful of regular season games left and playoff games. You got to get out there. I mean, if you have the opportunity, whether it's the financial means or whatever, you just you got to get out there because, uh, yeah, we're all excited for the Chase Center. That's going to be great. The city of San Francisco deserves this. And, and props to the Warriors brass for making it happen. And it's going to be amazing. But damn if I don't love that old building in the East Bay, man, in the town. And the, the fact that we're watching the, the final run with the Warriors, I, I get sentimental like that, J.D. I, you know, I'm, I'm like that. I'm huh. wired that way, and I'm sad to see it go. Well, and look, there is another home game until March the 5th, and there's only 10 to go in That's the regular it. season. And, and you look at the way the schedule stacks out, it's the 5th, the 8th, and the 10th. So there's three basically that week on a Tuesday, a Friday, and a Sunday. And then the Warriors go away again on another four-game trip. And then it's basically the last seven are just in a you know seventeen game stretch sure. or day stretch. It's basically two and a half weeks. Boom, boom, boom. Thursday, Saturday. Oh, you're uh, right. It's from March 21st to April 5th. Yeah, it's or April, April 7th. 7th. Yeah, yeah it's like a Thursday. Yep. It's a Saturday. It's a Sunday. Then yeah. they go. And then it's like the next week. It's like four games. I think in eight nights yeah. uh, on a Sunday to a Sunday. So it's going to be all packed in there. Uh, with the Warriors closing down the regular season uh, as far as Oracle Arena goes. I know a lot of Warriors fans, though, still have the belief that the Warriors are going to be able to close down Oracle come June uh, by clinching a championship like they did a couple of years ago uh, on that Oracle hardwood. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. More of your phone calls. We'll hear from Draymond Green. I think we're also going to hear from Stephen Curry and his return to Charlotte as well. It's J.D. and Covey. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors win it tonight, 121-110 in Charlotte as the Warriors get back to their winning ways. Now 43-17 and through 60 games, so 22 games to go and three more games on the road for the Dubs as they'll be in Miami on 
for Wednesday night and then Orlando Thursday night before wrapping up this four-game roadie in Philadelphia with the game that everybody's got circled on their calendar, at least as long as Joel Embiid is healthy enough to be playing in that game on Saturday with the rematch against the Sixers team that beat the Warriors in Oracle back on January the 31st. Yeah, they put it on them pretty good, and I think that's a great way to to round out this road trip. And You know, a little four-game set, and I think right now, J.D., because – they came out of the break not looking great, and this was after a stretch where uh, they they had played some of their best basketball like in the latter stages of uh, January and into February. So I think getting out on the road, the the business mentality, the business trip, I just I think it'll be good for the team right now. And clearly, they weren't happy with the way things went on Saturday night. I mean, let's face it, you just lost to the Houston Rockets who didn't have James Harden that, that at home. I mean, that's that's borderline inexcusable so uh that was uh, that was probably the message from coach kerr needed to button some things up and tonight i think it was definitely message received and that's all you're looking for from this team uh you know th- there are going to be bumps in the road uh I-, I wanted to circle alfonso mckinney i thought he had a really nice impact in this game tonight uh 16 minutes there was one play uh near the end of the third quarter where he got a block on one end and then they got out in transition and they ended up getting a bucket. Uh, Livingston had the putback, but McKinney made that whole play. Uh, he didn't play the other night, so he got 16 minutes of work, six rebounds, and uh, just a, a nice showing from Alfonso McKinney. And I, I realize he's got some limitations as a player, but he will have a part to play uh, in certain games, and I still think he's got that trust from uh, from Steve Kerr, and he showed tonight why. Yeah, I think, you know, every night it's going to be different. You know, McKinney, is he going to be the guy that plays? Is Quinn Cook going to be the guy that plays? He's going to start shooting. And Quinn Cook's been the guy that, that's been playing a little bit more of late, and the minutes have been spottier for Alfonso McKinney. But uh, I think tonight was a night where Steve Kerr went to McKinney, and he, he made the right call on the right night. I mean, we always talk a lot about how the Warriors have uh, maybe not rotational bench players beyond Iguodala and Livingston and maybe even Looney, although I think you could even categorize Looney as a bit of a specialist. But a lot of the Warriors' bench guys are specialists. Sure, you know, yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. guys that you can use in certain ways on certain nights for maybe anywhere between three and six minutes a half. Yeah. And, and then you're ready to get the five All-Stars <laughs> back out on the floor. I think McKinney's yeah. one of those guys. Quinn Cook is as well, but they're they're different positionally. They have different skill sets, and that makes it, I think, all the more important for Steve Kerr to pick the right guy on the right night. And to your point, McKinney was the right guy on the right night. Yeah, and I, I think we've seen this year, J.D., the Warriors not be quite as dominant, smashing teams the way they have in the past, and the byproduct of that is Steph Curry and Klay Thompson resting fourth quarters, which means your role players tend to get a little bit more run, and then they get comfortable in their role, and they, they get a chance to to have an impact and contribute. Whereas when you're in these close games in the fourth quarter, and, and by the way, uh, this is like what the normal NBA looks like. We, we got the distorted NBA for the last few years before this, uh, but this is kind of what real life looks like. The, the rotation gets a little bit shorter because he's having to play his all-stars more, and of course the fallout from that is got your Quinn Cooks, your your Alfonso McKinney's, your Jonas Derebko's. They have nights where they get only a handful of minutes or they don't even play at all, like in the case of Derebko. 888-957-9570, Warriors win at 121-110 over the Hornets tonight in Charlotte. Game one of their four-game road trip. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game with J.D. and Covey. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The story of the night tonight, DeMarcus Cousins, his best game uh, as a member of the Golden State Warriors as he goes 20-10 and 10 for the first time with the Warriors. A season-high 24 points, 
in a season-high 31 minutes. I got to think DeMarcus Cousins is happier about the 31 minutes than he even is about the 24 points. Let's go ahead and hear from DeMarcus Cousins uh, from Charlotte uh, after this ballgame. Uh, I feel good to get a good one under my belt, so uh, you know, hopefully this one carries over to the next few. Um, you know, you know, K been preaching to well, I ain't gonna say preaching, K been cussing me out. You know, just about, you know, stop thinking about it and just go play my game. Um, you know, JC's also been on my head about, you know, just going out being aggressive, uh picking my spots when the, you know, be aggressive in the open floor and um you know, I found some spots and, you know, made some plays. So, uh, like I said, it's good to get a good one under my belt. How is it like to get, get over that 30-minute mark get some more runs? I'm more happy about that than, you know, the actual game. Uh, make sure I get Steve uh, a big hug after this. It looked like you had a lot of success with a pick-and-roll game tonight. It was working well for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the floor was spread pretty uh, open with, you know, the, and the guys were knocking down shots. And, uh, you know, just made a play with that. Well, that was an easy call as far as DeMarcus Cousins being happier about the 31 minutes <laughs> sure. than, than anything else that he did on the floor. No, I had not heard that uh, before we went to it here. And, of course, uh, we credit NBC Sports Bay Area for the audio uh, that we played there. Uh, but, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, for as much as he's tried to make light of you know not being able to play 30 minutes, this guy wants to be out on the floor. Yeah. Now, especially when uh, when the game's on the line. I just would like to think, J.D., because we, we were talking about this quite a bit over the weekend, really the last uh, last week or so. I would like to think that Kerr and, and especially Bob Myers, like when they made the decision to sign DeMarcus, knowing that he was coming off of a serious injury, I hope that they were pretty clear with him uh, about what role he could expect. And, yeah, it, you're going to be a star. When healthy, you're DeMarcus Cousins. You're going to be a starter. But – you're coming off of a major injury, and a lot of times it's the the need to kind of protect the player from themselves. And now we know after the All-Star break, no minutes restriction on DeMarcus Cousins, but he's also got to be mindful of the fact that there is a group of closers on this team, the Hamptons Five, and you know what? They've closed out quite a few basketball games over the years. I can remember a couple parades uh, in Oakland because of those guys. So if you're DeMarcus Cousins... You have to kind of prove it. I just I, this is the one one of the teams, or probably maybe even the one team that you come to in the NBA, where even if you're a player of Cousins' ilk, because he's coming off of an injury like he is, you got to show that you can actually perform in those situations. It's not just going to be handed to you, and it's not yours to lose. You got to go out and earn it. And I, I think he he still is in that proving stage. Yeah, and I think tonight was a night where he just he got out of his own head. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, the Agreed. fact that he was in his own head and you, the frustration visible. Uh, to the point where you're just thinking, gosh, is, is this guy going to snap in that game against the Rockets? But I thought tonight he, he just he just played. He just played basketball. The ball found him, and, and he, he just looked so much more comfortable. Uh, now, again, it, it's tonight's a matchup where he could play. I mean, you know, Cody Zeller was running him around, and, and by the way, Cody Zeller ended up with, what, 28 points on 13 of 14 shooting? <laughs> Career high for him. Uh, and, and he was running – he was running them around a little bit in the first quarter, especially uh, Cody Zeller was, and he was a, a problem. So, look, it wasn't all, you know, fantastic for Cousins, but Cousins does wind up being a plus 10. I, I thought that the start of the second, start of the fourth quarter units really put an imprint on the game tonight as well, uh, which is important. I mean, I think you could make a case that, that the way Cousins plays with that group, that Draymond group with Clay Thompson and, and Livingston and Iguodala, 
that how he play it's more important there because you have two non-scorers on the floor, really three non-scorers on the floor if you count Draymond with Iguodala and Livingston. It's basically on him and Clay to be efficient with that group. And I thought sure. tonight he put a positive imprint with that group. Yeah, and the main role of DeMarcus Cousins, the scoring is nice, and if he can do that, that's terrific. Uh, to me, DeMarcus Cousins is going to help this team ultimately like come postseason time with his defense in the post. And I know he's a scorer, and I know uh, his touch around the rim scoring-wise hasn't been great since he's been back. The numbers are down a bit, but I think we're, the way he can really help this team, J.D., is, is rebounds on both ends of the court, uh, but rim protection, shot blocking, clogging up the lane, and just making it tough for teams to attack the basket, forcing teams out on the perimeter. I, I just feel like that's going to be Cousins' best asset to this team, especially come playoff time. Uh, one interesting stat, and this is from uh, from Tom Haverstraw, you know, you wonder the bringing in DeMarcus Cousins and trying to get him going offensively, well, there's only, there's only one ball, right? And you've got all these all-stars, all these guys that are so accustomed to scoring, so... Who, who's going to be the one that has to make the sacrifice? Well, we know it ain't going to be Clay. I mean, Clay went on record when KD got here. Clay's the two guard. He, he's, it says shooting in the title, baby. He is the shooting guard. Clay will never uh, not shoot the basketball. That's what he gets paid to do. Uh, Kevin Durant, hey, if KD's open, he's shooting, basically. Uh, so it's Curry who's been the one since Boogie has come. Curry's usage down from 30% down to 20%. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game with JD and Covey. We'll we'll get into some of that. More of your phone calls as well. The Warriors win it tonight. Also have your play of the game coming up too. One twenty one one ten. The final in Charlotte. And you heard it right here on ninety five seven. The game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you following the Warriors win in Charlotte, 121-110 the final as the Warriors improved to 43-17. Looking over some of the post-game notes from this one, now 10-2 on the road, Ryan, in the, against the Eastern Conference, and the Warriors have won 16 of their last 18 away from Oracle Arena. Of course, they had the 11-game road winning streak which was a big part of that and that lasted from portland to portland december 29th through uh, the night uh, before the all-star break uh, began there on february the 13th yeah and to me that's the true mark of a champion is the way that you play on the road now they're 29 on the road tied with the bucks uh, for the best overall road record in the nba and that's why you know teams like the sixers and the celtics who play in the east which i know collectively the east is better this year but in the grand scheme of things, they're the inferior conference. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, the Sixers, 14 and 14 away from home. Celtics, 14 and 15. And, you know, I'm supposed to look at these teams as potential championship caliber teams. I just, I don't see it. You have to be able to win on the road in the NBA. Uh, and the Warriors have been able to do that. I mentioned under Kerr, uh, 142 and 51 on the road. And and then just the way that they absolutely feast on the East year in and year out. Uh, when when they leave home and, and whatever, they cross the, the Mississippi River. River, it's it's W time, baby, and, and everybody knows it. Yeah, no question. And the Eastern Conference certainly is the Eastern Conference, at least from positions, let's say, 6 through 15. There's no question about that. And the, the top four, I think, are formidable. If you want to throw Indiana in there as a fifth team, I'm not sure where they are in, in the overall standing. I know they've been above fifth all year. I think they're the fifth best team when it's all said and done. But uh, beyond that, you're right. I mean, uh, there's, I think, 
10, 12 teams in the Western Conference that feel real comfortable going and playing any of those teams in the Eastern Conference from about the fifth, sixth spot all the way down to the bottom. The Chilton Auto Body text line brings up a good point uh, from the 415, and that is tonight is a perfect example of why Cousins is a benefit. Stephen Curry was ice cold. They needed DeMarcus Cousins and his offense tonight, and you're right. Steph, with his worst game playing in his hometown of Charlotte, 5 of 18, 4 of 14 from 3, 16 points. He's actually a minus 4 on the night, but you look up, and DeMarcus Cousins is an efficient 9 of 15 for 24 points, and it helps offset some of that on a night where you know Clay Thompson uh, got back on track as far as his shooting. Yeah, and when you look at Boogie's body of work lately, whether it's uh, struggling from the field, it's one or the other for me when I went back through his game logs since uh, the first couple of games, they were pretty good. But then I went back through his game logs after that, and it was either he he wasn't shooting the ball well at all uh, in these games, or his plus minus was awful, and it was usually among the worst of the starters. Uh, he was a minus 17 in, in the game against Portland the other night. Uh, he was a minus six versus the Kings. That was the lowest of all the starters in that game. He was a plus eight versus Utah a couple of games before that, but was four of 17. Remember that ugly win versus the Heat? Uh, Cousins was minus 12 in that one. He was minus 14 in that win over the Suns in Phoenix. So uh, d- defensively, I, I mean, just having him out there has, has been a, a really a liability. Uh, and, you know, you, you want to ride it out with him. Look, that injury, especially for a big man like him, and you can see it, J.D., where his body just isn't cooperating. His mind is doing something, and his body is just incapable. I mean, even a couple of times tonight, uh, a couple of crossover moves and even getting to the basket, lost balance a few times, and you could tell he's sending signals to his legs, and and they're not cooperating yet. Yeah, although I think tonight you could make a case that it was as good as he looked overall physically. 100%. But, yes, still those moments that that you mentioned where it looks like, yeah, the mind is telling the body to do something, and the body just quite can't quite get – uh, where he wants it to it's called be. Getting old, baby. Yeah, you, you, look, you know, it's one other thing that was was pointed out too on the text line is just the home versus road for Demarcus Cousins. He starts on that long road trip, but he's five for eleven. He was two for nine in the Laker game, only eight points. Eight of twelve at Washington, four of nine in Boston, seven of twelve at Indiana, and then you start to look at some of the games at Oracle Arena. Three for ten, five for fifteen. Uh, he had a three for six in the blowout against San Antonio at Phoenix, seven for eleven, uh, and then back home for Miami and Utah, he goes a combined six for twenty-three. Uh, before he's he's just looked more comfortable on the road, and I know there's a history even before coming to the Warriors where he hadn't exactly played all that well at Oracle Arena himself in his career. No, and I I can remember a few performances. I can remember Boogie getting run out at Oracle before. Yeah, with Sacramento. Yep, it hadn't uh, exactly been uh, his place where he's made hay, but I don't think Steve Kerr is putting a ton of pressure on DeMarcus. I mean, you could say, well, he's in the starting lineup, so that's pressure, but I think Steve Kerr is the the expectation for DeMarcus, he knows they've still got 20-plus games. What is it, 23 games now before the playoffs begin? Yeah, so, 20, 22, actually. 22, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so 22. But that's still, I mean, that's a quarter of a season. So uh, there's still time for DeMarcus uh, to, to get up to speed. And, look, if they get to the postseason, Kerr is not going to have him out there in high-leverage situations uh, if he hasn't shown that he's up to speed. And 
Coach Kerr is not going to worry about the feelings of a guy uh, to, to the extent that he, he has to uh, for a guy that's going to be here for, what, half a season? I mean, with all due respect to DeMarcus Cousins, and you hope that he can help the team win a title, but uh, his feelings and and his desire to play more minutes, that's not the most important factor at play in all this. It's who's the best five to help the Golden State Warriors get a three-peat this year. That is the only concern for Steve Kerr. There is no room for sentimentality in all this. No, and tonight was a night where DeMarcus Cousins was clearly among that 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 top five. And sure. It really didn't get to a point, I mean, where the Warriors needed to finish the game down the stretch as if it was a you know one or a two-possession game. Tonight was one of those games where even when it was a six- or an eight-point game, you never really thought the Warriors, there was any chance they were actually going to lose the game. No. Almost that they knew they could score enough, and they knew, and you saw this in the fourth quarter as well, especially at the beginning, they almost they, they knew that they could get enough stops when they had to as well. They, they made life pretty difficult for Kemba Walker, too. Yeah, and we've seen this with the Warriors this year, J.D., I, I think more than any other year under Steve Kerr. They're content for a large chunk of the game to just go out there and play back and forth with teams, usually just in the flow of playing back and forth because they're just so damn good. Yeah, nice and loose. Just yeah. a nice, loose game. Totally. They'll they'll build enough of a lead anyway, and if they don't or the leads, it's not blowout city, the game's not DOA at that point, then in the fourth quarter, in crunch time, they'll uh, they'll shut off the faucet, if that's what you want to call it, and, and get enough stops. I mean, you see it. Charlotte, 30 points in the first, 30 points in the second, 28 in the third. Fourth quarter, Charlotte scores 22 points. Warriors stopped committing kind of some of those lazy fouls, and they were getting out and contesting perimeter shots, and they were just a little more buttoned up down the stretch. And I think they they would rather play the wide-open freestyle of basketball going back and forth. It's more exciting for us to watch. It's more fun for them to play. But save something for that five-minute stretch where it's time to put the clamps down and, and close out the game, which they did tonight. 888 Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you until 8 o'clock, and then Covey, you and Joe Shasky, the butcher boy, are going to take over, and you guys are going to be going uh, until 11 o'clock tonight right here at 95.7 The Game, correct? You, you better believe it. We'll be hanging and banging at 95.7 till 11. All right, we're going to get to our play of the game coming up here in just a moment. We're also going to hear from Stephen Curry uh, and Draymond Green. I, I want to go back to, to Clay Thompson because I don't know that we've talked enough about him tonight. A, a team high plus 19, 26 points, 11 of 19, 3 of 5 from 3. And, and Clay's been racking up the assists a little bit too. He had five more assists tonight. And you go back through the last three games. And I know you had another Clay Thompson nugget that you dug up that, that I found to be interesting as far as his shooting. Uh, but six assists against Houston. Four against the Kings. He had eight at Portland before the All Star break in, in a game where he he shot the ball woefully. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Clay Thompson. He, I wouldn't call him a playmaker. <laughs> the Claymaker. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't call him a playmaker. But uh, when when he's moving the ball, it you know what it shows you. It shows you that everybody's moving the ball. You know, right. you, the Draymond had his typical you know fourteen ten and eight. Uh, but Durant had four assists, and Clay had five assists, and Curry was moving it. So I, I think you know Demarcus had three. I think you know you brought up the total of thirty-five, but when it's balanced sure. throughout, I think that's a good sign for the Warriors. And when even the guys that are used to just shooting the rock, a la Clay Thompson, are able to dish out a couple. That's a sign of good things. Yeah, and that's the Warriors at their best. It surprised me, although it really probably shouldn't have. Kevin Durant's top 20 in the NBA in assists, and that's a product of 
playing with Clay and Steph, sure, but it also speaks to the fact that Kevin Durant's also a willing participant in passing because one of the discussions that I got into yesterday was whether or not Kevin Durant is the the ultimate fit for the style of play. And we see when they go ISO to him, but I think you and I agree, Jay, that's when they need to get an open look because Kevin Durant is the one guy on this team because he's such a matchup problem for anybody trying to guard him. He's the one guy that can actually get an open look in any situation uh, where Curry might have to run a little action for Clay, a couple of passes. Uh, KD, because he can just rise up and shoot over somebody, he's the kind of guy that can get a shot in an ISO situation. But even KD, uh, a willing passer, I, I did look at Clay, and I, I we all remember that Clay got off to such a slow start shooting the ball this year. His numbers have just been on the rise, be it his mid-range game or his three-point shooting. I mean, so far in in the month of uh, of February, he's shooting fifty percent from three-point range and just a scotch over fifty percent from the floor. I know this is a small sample size, but his last three games overall before tonight. So this was the the Houston game, the Kings game, and the Portland game. And keep in mind, the Warriors lost two of those games and very easily could have lost that game to the Kings. Uh, Clay overall in those games, 15 of 49 from the floor. But what stood out to me was 8 of 23 from three-point range, 7 of 26 inside the arc. So he was actually more efficient from beyond the arc than he was inside. And I think we've seen Clay this year, more than in, in some years past, being willing to attack the basket. And earlier in the year, I think because he was struggling shooting the ball from deep and he still wanted to contribute offensively, I think he realized, well, if I'm going to get my points, that's where I'm going to have to get him and and ultimately shoot his way out of the three-point slump. But uh, I think now, more than ever, it's pretty damn clear that uh, the the three-point slump and and any kind of shooting woes for Clay, they've gone by the wayside. Like like I said, last couple of games before tonight, he'd actually been more efficient from outside of the three-point line than inside. Yeah, Clay was terrific uh, on the ball game tonight. Warriors win it in Charlotte, 121-110 to right here on... 95-7 95-7 the game. Let's get to our play of the game. It's time for the play of the game. He got it! Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. In transition, Clay Thompson left side. Dribble drive to the trailing Cousins. Cousins fake right down Broadway. Right hand slam for DeMarcus Cousins. A beautiful look away move by DeMarcus. And they're up and dancing off the Warriors bench. Down to our left. 53-39 Warriors. And the play of the game is brought to you by Putnam Cadillac, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Burlingame featuring the all-new XT4 crossover SUV. Visit Putnam GM. Dot com. Know the play of the game tomorrow. Again, 10.30 with Steiny and Guru here on 95.7 The Game, and, and you can be a winner. See the uh, the Lakers lost in uh, in Memphis to the Grizzlies tonight? Yeah, let's let's get a quick update on, on, on the eight seed tonight, right? Because, I mean, that will be in all likelihood the Warriors' first-round opponent. And, and, yeah, not Spurs good. Spurs right now. Not good for the Lakers as they lose in Memphis. They've lost in Atlanta. Uh, right before the All-Star break. And, and gosh, where did they lose the other night? They, they had another horrible loss, I want to say, the other night as well. Yeah, and they had yeah, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, they got beat by the Pelicans. No Anthony Davis in that game either. They are two games under five hundred at 29-31 and 31 now with 60, game, or 60 games in, so 22 games to go for them. The eight seed currently is San Antonio. So San Antonio and the Clippers are actually tied 7-8, at 33 and 28 actually I guess San Antonio dips down to 33 and 29 so they have a one game lead over Sacramento but they're even in the loss column so Sacramento got beat by Minnesota 
and don't look now, but Minnesota is trying to get back into that mix. They are three games back. Minnesota beat the Kings in Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, you've got the Lakers just missing a golden opportunity right now. I mean, you got to think if you're the Lakers, you would have thought a week and a half ago that you're going to win in Atlanta, you're going to win at New Orleans without Anthony Davis, and you're going to win in Memphis, and you wind up losing all three of those games. I mean, you win those three games – you're 32 and 28, and all of a sudden you're, you know, in in that seventh spot. You're in the the eighth spot, and you're you're a cut above a, a number of those different other teams. Yeah, and the Lakers they uh, they've got a brutal schedule down the stretch. They've still got to play the Bucks twice. Uh, they've got to go on the road to Toronto. Uh, they've got to go back east. They've got to play. Uh, they've got to play at Detroit. Uh, another game at New Orleans. They've got to go to Utah. Still got a game with the Dubs remaining. They got a home game with Utah. So uh, their schedule is not easy. I, I I think the Lakers are not making the playoffs this year. And quite frankly, I don't think they're one of the eight best teams in the Western Conference. So they don't deserve to. The West is stacked. The West is deep. And the only the 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 playoff picture for me. And maybe this is just wishful thinking because I really want the Kings to get into the playoffs. I just think it'd be a lot of fun, and I, I want to see those that group of youngsters get a chance to get their feet wet in the playoffs, even if it is getting buzzsawed by the Warriors in round one or whoever they end up playing. Uh, but I think the Clippers, I, I, I am kind of expecting them to fade. Uh, you don't trade Tobias Harris if you're serious about making the playoffs. I, I just You just don't. Uh, so maybe their best course of action uh, for where they want to go as a franchise would be to miss the playoffs this year, but they might mess around and back in anyway. Obviously, don't tell Steve Ballmer that. I, oh, I get it. Totally. I get it. But I, e- either but way. I thought the same thing, but then yeah. he came out and said, no, oh, this, is a, this was these were lateral moves. Well, you, you know, have to say them. that, though. You got people paying premium well, dollars you can, for your well, seats. But you can also, I mean, you don't have to say my expectation still to make the playoffs, though. You really don't have to say that if you're the owner. Yeah, well, when you're in a playoff position, uh, I think that's a tough sell to your fan base that you're going to deconstruct a squad mid-seat like, and make those kind of moves. Look, to me, it, it, it wasn't a lateral move. Uh, Tobias Harris having a phenomenal season. Uh, and I would still expect the Clippers to, to fade back and, you know, maybe the Clippers and the Kings swap spots. I'm not a believer in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I yeah. I was in on the Timberwolves I'm, train last year. I thought that was going to be the year they'd make the jump. And then you get Jimmy Butler with Towns and Wiggins. And I'm thinking, okay, this team's ready to take that next step. And then no. Some, somebody's going to make it, and I'm actually not really a fan of any of them. I, I think you know the Clippers would have got a spot. I agree with you if they had kept Tobias Harris. San Antonio just lost to the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. The Knicks hadn't won a game at Madison Square Garden since December, was there. December the 1st. <laughs> uh, they lost 18 consecutive home games, and then San Antonio loses to them, and then San Antonio goes and loses to Brooklyn uh, tonight as well. So back-to-back games. Uh, in New York for them that they drop Sacramento. I, I you know, I'm not you know, Sacramento loses tonight. And a lot of people are really high on Sacramento. I, I, I think Sacramento, if any of these other teams had their stuff together, they really wouldn't have a shot, but right. none of them do. Yeah. So they still have a shot. Uh, you know, they've got some young pieces, so they may wind up, you know, by, and they've kind of had everything break their way this year for the most part, maybe not against the Warriors, but they have a lot against everybody else. And I think just the mere fact that some of these other teams are playing the way that they're playing is another sort of example of this. The Lakers far worse than people would have believed, especially at the point when LeBron James went out and then, yeah, San Antonio and the Clippers from a Warriors point of view, San Antonio to me is the team you want to play above all others. Uh, and then, you know, it, it's the Clippers or Sacramento. I know Sacramento's run them around, but I, I think the Warriors would dispatch the Kings in a, in a, in a high-leverage playoff series e- easier than they did 
even in the four regular season games. You think the Clippers would be a tougher matchup for the Warriors than the Spurs? Yeah, you I do? do. Okay. Yeah, I think the Spurs just don't have the athletes, yeah. don't have the talent. Yeah, they it, boy, that's just a, a slow crawling pace watching the San Antonio Spurs. And speaking of the Spurs, and, and really tonight's game, I just I can't get used to seeing Tony Parker in a Charlotte uniform. It was just too long in yeah. San Antonio. And I can understand that the need to still play if he still's got something left in the tank by all means. And I know the fans there have embraced him. Just from a hoop perspective, I, I just love the the notion of a guy staying with one team his whole career. And I know that's kind of a, from a bygone era, but uh, it's just kind of still weird to me seeing Tony Parker in that uni. Let's go ahead and hear from Stephen Curry. As Curry goes back to Charlotte, and uh, one of his, uh, or actually his, his lowest scoring output in, in any game back in his hometown of Charlotte, as he finishes with 16 points tonight. Let's hear a little Stephen Curry post game. I mean, we're obviously a veteran team and understand how to let our game travel, defend, uh, defensively and offensively. Tonight was kind of ugly at times, but you know, I think we played we played harder than we did against Houston and understood. Uh, how to withstand their runs and collective effort. Didn't shoot the ball well, but everybody contributed. Demarcus was un- unbelievable tonight in his minutes. KD made huge plays, especially in the first half, to keep us afloat. Clay was efficient all night. Draymond with the all-around game, so uh, and our bench guys contributed, you know, all night. So just understanding again, our bounce back has to be solid. Uh, like it, like like it has been before. Steph, given some of Demarcus's uh, recent struggles, were there anything some guys are doing to take forward to try to take the field? No, we play within our offense. So, I mean, we understand. We move the ball well. We set screens for each other. Move bodies. Somebody's gonna be open. And he was aggressive tonight, finishing at the rim, uh, taking his shot when he was open, just trying to keep things simple. And that's what we expect. It's, it's only gonna continue to get better. So. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps indeed for DeMarcus Cousins, although I think this was a little bigger step than a baby step tonight for him. What's the grown 20, man step. 20 and 10 game. The one thing that's been really just it been across the board said by his teammates, there, there's a belief that, that they think that next level is coming for him at some point. And I, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's wishful thinking. Right. It may look like it's wishful thinking when you know if you've watched him play these last handful of games, but th- there's a certain tone to it from his teammates, like they really do believe that that he is going to get there. Well, and let's face it, this is a guy that's been a what twenty three and ten guy, twenty three and twelve guy for the better part of his career. That's what he's got in him when he's at his best. I don't think that they need Demarcus Cousins anywhere near his best in order to have success. But uh, this was a huge step, and the thing that was most refreshing for me uh, out of that whole soundbite from Steph was uh, him talking about the the need to not force it to him, but just play within the offense, and and this type of thing will come, and and that's when the Warriors are at their best. All right, that's going to do it for us. The Warriors get it done tonight in Charlotte. They win at one twenty. One to 110 uh, over the Charlotte Hornets. A big game for Clay Thompson as he goes for 26 and DeMarcus Cousins, his best game since uh, be, being activated by the Golden State Warriors back on January the 18th as he goes for 25 points, uh, 11 rebounds, three assists as well. He also blocked three shots, a plus 10, and a good game for DeMarcus Cousins. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Covey, you and Butcher Boy are coming up uh, for the next three hours right here on 95.7 The Game. Let's go. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Nash. Thanks to everybody. Uh, It's Covey and the Butcher coming up next here on 95.7 The Game. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.